Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. Well, I don't know about you, but I just feel like I've got back from the f- the best first date of my entire life. <laughs> and there is no, well, there's a bit of heavy petting, actually. <laughs> from a distance. Uh, and some nakedness, you know, in the shower. I mean, it was a bit of an X-rated first date, really. To be honest, <laughs> yeah. Several changes of clothes, packed an overnight bag. No, I'm See, it, all the possibilities were endless. Uh, for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, Georgia and I have just got back in from spending our first day together this year. Our first that, day. When you say it like that, it actually sounds crazy. Because it was. It was in December. Was it December? That November. We each other? Mm. Oh, my God. November. Yeah. Right. I mean, and it was so nice. No, Wasn't so it lovely? Nice. We had lunch. The thing is, though, when Zoe and I meet up, we... We kind of spend about an hour doing work and then like the next four hours (laughs) eating lunch, chatting, (laughs) basically enjoying being without our children. Yeah, Um, we're kind of the worst um, people at taking photographs and stuff because we're like, oh shit, we forgot to document everything because we're just having such a nice time. But do you know what? I think that's what loads of people have missed. Loads of people have just just missed being in each other's company like I just I remember just sitting there when we we're having lunch and just looking at you thinking this is just so lovely this is filling my heart up with joy so thank you I had the best day Yay. and we, we did take Brilliant. some photographs which we'll be posting over the next couple of weeks for you and we even shot a reel of our day of fun we did which will be will have gone up last night <laughs> yes. um if you're listening to it <laughs> and that is a snapshot of what we got up to yesterday no um, boobs on there though Gratefully. No, 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 no. Gratefully. Um, um, so yeah, we, we we need to get into the chat because we um, it was a really nice kind of interesting conversation that took place uh, last week. We recorded it, and I think both Georgia and I feel quite guilty about the lack of time that we spend kind of quality time doing activities with our children you know we see all this amazing creative stuff online and on Instagram and then we look at our own activity stations and we're like oh no there's just a dried up old pen and uh, a magazine (laughs) that we got from the supermarket that's half coloured in already so I think it's the the pressure to come up with like really interesting creative things I find it quite difficult yeah so do I and I think as well 
well like if we're really honest we don't really enjoy like playing with our kids that much and that might sound terrible um to some of you who might enjoy it and that's great if you do but I just don't I don't really like playing like with the little dollies and the little characters and the dinosaurs and all that kind of stuff um I don't mind sitting doing a bit of coloring or whatever yeah painting painting coloring, yeah. I quite enjoy. a lot of you will know that that isn't always as it seems like you think oh, I'll get all the paints out and then they'll sit there for ages and ages but in reality like for, especially with Axel, he'll paint for about three minutes. It will go a funny brown colour where he's basically mixed all the colours together and then that's the end of it. Yeah. Um, so I think we really wanted to have a chat with um, the lady that we're talking to today just about some ideas that don't take hours and hours to set up, that yeah. don't create too much mess, um, but... Keep them entertained. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Keep them entertained and maybe they might learn something along the way. Yeah. And I guess one of the, one of the big wins that's come out of Luna kind of turning four and sort of, you know, she'd be, she'd be five in September is her ability to now sit down and play games with me. So, for yeah. example, like the shopping list game, we absolutely love yeah. Tummy 8 game. Any of those Orchard um, games, she yes. really loves them, you know. But mm. anything outside of that... <laughs> I'm like, eh. computer says no. So, um, so yes, hopefully today's chat will bring you a little bit of inspiration. If you're in the similar boat to Georgia and I, who are we chatting to today? Today, we are chatting to the lovely Daisy Upton, who is known as the five minute mum. So joining us on the podcast is Daisy Upton. Hello, how are you? Hi, I am good, thank you. Have you got five minutes, Daisy? <laughs> Have I got five minutes? I've yeah. got, <laughs> I actually, for the first time in two weeks, got more than five minutes because my kids have gone back to school today. Yay! <laughs> now, could you get that so. right? Because um, I don't know if you've seen this morning, but I got my eldest daughter dressed, ready for school. My husband took her up there, which isn't close, and she doesn't go back to school today goes back tomorrow (laughs) tomorrow I always I'm I'm one of those people that when I'm like out walking out the door I'm like oh have I got this right is this right and then as soon as I'm like looking for anyone else walking to school yeah same uniform like oh thank god (laughs) I'm glad that we're all in good company here because we all do stuff like this regularly oh Um, god my son's got a tally he's four and started primary school this year and I think the other day he's told me I've forgotten his PE kit seven times and I was like all right okay I'm I'm glad I'm glad you're keeping a tally on me that that's fantastic why don't you remember your own (laughs) you think yeah exactly you think that um the biggest judgment's going to be like from the other parents who have all got it all together and actually it's your own kid that's Mm -hmm. just solely judging you entirely the whole time I actually wrote a page about it in my new book because I was like one of the days I'd remembered all this stuff that they needed it was like a ridiculous list of things and I'd remembered it all and I'd forgotten their water bottle Uh, oh yes I do that and I had this like massive moment of like oh my god I'm the worst parent ever they're going to be parched and dehydrated obviously school just give them a cup of water yes but I felt really really bad and then I was walking back home from school having realized I'd forgotten it and thought do you know what let's list all the other stuff I did remember this morning and I made a list to myself in my head I did five things I did remember and I was like hey I remembered all of that just stop kicking myself over the one little thing and so I wrote in the book I wrote a page called the list of five about listing off five things you have done 
when when the one little thing goes wrong and you're kicking yourself i like this i like that because i I think there's so much pressure on parents today to get everything right all the time and like you said you feel that you're going to get pressure from the other parents you feel you're going to get pressure from the school we put pressure on ourselves but actually we're all just trying to do the best we can um and obviously with the school holidays as a working working mums it's it's not easy to juggle that i feel a bit like a fried egg at the moment i'm just like uh you know it's uh, it's a lot your brain's just going a million miles an hour i find all the time especially in those manic mornings isn't it you're like listing off stuff in your head and you're like and what do i need to do afterwards and i've got six hours now to try and cram all the stuff in and yeah i think it's when you're going at 100 miles an hour isn't it that you always drop something drops off and it's just kind of letting yourself say well do you know what it's not the end of the world They'll yeah be fine. exactly <laughs> and daisy take us back so you started blogging how like how long ago was that and, and what kind of what made you start blogging about i guess ways to play with with your children uh, so i started blogging it was almost to the day three years ago um so florence and ewan worth ewan my eldest was three and Florence was one. So I was kind of out of that newborn, you know, survival mode year where Florence was just sleeping and feeding and I was just, you know, CBeebies was on and we were just trying to get through the days. Um, And then we kind of moved into this next phase. And I think that's how it goes with kids, isn't it? You've got like a little chunk of time that's a kind of phase and you're in a sort of routine for that. And then you move on. And it felt like this big shift in that they were both kind of in a place where I could entertain them a little bit and my background um was as a teaching assistant I mean before that I was in sports broadcasting and PR and all those sort of stuff and then I decided to I wanted to be a teacher so I started volunteering in schools and became a teaching assistant and doing some training around it then I got pregnant then I had Ewan so that was kind of like my lead up to it and so I had as a teaching assistant I'd worked with lots of children one-to-one that couldn't necessarily um you know they were finding it really difficult in the mainstream classroom to sometimes pick up on certain things so I would do one-to-one sessions with those children outside the classroom and we'd have to find another way for them to learn whatever it was in the classroom so the teacher would have done a great job of teaching it but for some reason that child hadn't picked it up so I had to be quite creative and think okay let's think of another way that this child might get on board with learning number bonds or learning how to spell this or phonics and so that was my job. And it was only when I'd come through those first newborn years where I felt like my creativity was just deadened and I was just sleep deprived and I hadn't done any games and activities with them as babies. And then I hit three and one and I thought, this is my zone. This is where I can do stuff. Ewan was three. He was sort of just starting to take an interest in numbers and letters, you know, in that really vague kind of what's that mummy way. Um, And so I started putting those skills I had into practice at home with them, uh, with mainly you in France, usually was napping. And I did a few activities and ideas and I posted them just on my personal Facebook page. And I had quite a few of my friends um, saying, what are you doing? What's this? How do I do it? And I got fed up of texting them all the same thing. So you set it up like this. And then I thought, do you know what? Maybe I'll start a blog. Maybe that would be, you know, I'd done some blogs over the years. I always loved writing and doing stuff like that. None of them had ever had more than 15 viewers (laughs) ever. And half of them was me. So I just thought, I'll start a little blog. And I started it. And it literally started and went straight away. It was just, it was just went bonkers. And I think I got a, a, 
six months later I had a literary agent asking me if I wanted to write a book so you know why that is though because you you've got this secret potion to what every single parent in the whole entire world wants to know and that is how do I entertain my kids in an educational way that engages them you know teaches them things because most of us just put you know and I love a tray of pasta I think that's also really good an interesting yeah. way to teach kids God, how to yeah. play Nine but the, con- that, the yeah. constant pressure to come up with with new ideas for them is quite overwhelming I think and I think you can you can get kind of caught up with things and you don't know you know you don't I always go back to this like making a dinosaur out of a loo roll like lots of people don't know how to make things oh. like that and I'm not that creative when it comes to my kids and I, I do find it quite difficult so you know I think what you just you just completely hit the nail on the head when you decided to start doing it I can imagine people just jumped on it and now yeah. you've obviously ri- written a book I mean it's how many books now two are out I'm writing my third one now so wow. I think it, as well like you were saying it's the and this is the key to it, right, is there's all these brilliant things for kids to do. I'm like, yeah, making a dinosaur have a blue roll. I'm sure it's great for a kid. But I don't want to do that. That's really boring. And it makes a massive mess, like, for yeah. me to clear up. Kid's not going to clear up. It's me that's doing it. And that's what I really wanted to get out with my games. I was like, these need to be fun for me. They need to be something I want to do because that's the key to it. The kid's going to want to do anything with you one-to-one. Like they just like spending time with, you know, people that love them. But if I, like the key to it for me was finding something that I actually wanted to play with them because then it would mean I would do it more often. And if I could make it quick and easy for me, then that's where I was kind of coming in at it from that angle. Like what do the parents want to do? Not what do the kids need? Because the kids, you know, they, what they need is just love and attention. That's, you know, mostly what it is. So it's just about making it a bit less boring for me. I think what sold it for me was, first of all, it's called the five minute mum, which I loved because that's, that's all I ever want is just five minutes to myself. Like, please just give me five minutes to myself. So I bought the book thinking, great, I can just set something up and then I can sit back, have a cup of tea and let them get on with it. But also what I love is that they do they the, your games and and the things that you you know you put in the book don't take long to set up and they're all things that most of us have got at home it's just like pieces of paper and cutting them up and writing letters and numbers on them or whatever and nothing's too complicated so I think there's so much like you see you know on Instagram and you know even just in books and stuff people have these craft cupboards with like all of this stuff in like I don't have hobby craft in my house do you know what I mean I can't turn around and get all of this stuff out so a great booze cupboard though George (laughs) I've got a great booze cupboard actually my father-in-law commented on that quite disgustingly yesterday but um anyway (laughs) um so yeah yeah that's what I love yeah that is that grab and go kind of thing yeah yeah that's what I, I need I'm the same I can't I mean I started the first book and if you read the introduction but I talk about the one time I tried to paper mache with my kids and I had flu and I was like I've got to entertain them like for a long period of time in the house what can I do and I decided I pinterested something and it was paper mache I was like I don't know what I was thinking I was clearly completely delirious and then it was just a massive mess disaster you know I did it all basically and then I cleared it all up again and I was like they've got absolutely nothing out of this (laughs) like what am I doing and that was yeah I was like I am not a crafty person I need it to be grab a spatula out of my cupboard or you know can we play a game with some post-its and a pen like that's I'm the same it needs to be something that's out on the side in the kitchen or somewhere that I'm going to walk past and just I can grab it and go 
Uh, how often should we be doing this sort of activity with our with our kids? And why is it important to bring it in at a certain age, do you think? There are loads of studies. I think the, the most crucial thing that all my activities, especially in the first book, because they're for ages kind of one to five. So that first getting ready for school kind of years, toddler years. Um, and there's a lot of uh, research about children's speech and language at that age, which is the most crucial thing, because once they've got their speech and language kind of, you know, at a confident level, then everything else builds off of that. So there's a lot of studies that sort of say, you know, 10 minutes, one to one face to face time with them, at least a day playing is really beneficial to children. Um, and I tend to say that I'll set up a five minute game. So if, if the kids are at home all day, we'll set up a five minute game in the morning, and then we'll set one up in the afternoon. And I'll know then that I've engaged with them during both of those periods of time. So, you know, in the morning, I quite often would do that first. So I'd set up the game, we'd play, I'd spend that, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is of the activity, completely engaged with them down at their level. Quite often I suggest sitting down at their level on the floor or sitting at a table with them where they can see your face. Um, and then I've ticked that off for the morning and then I'd crack on and I'd say, right, well, there's the game. You can either play, carry on playing it yourself or you can go and play something else. And, and now mummy's going to go and do the washing or I'm going to go and tidy up this or I'm going to go. And that was what it was all about for me. So it kind of it did two things. One, it was giving my child that one-to-one time, which, you know, studies tell us is really important. And then two, just easing my guilt, because then I could go and do that stuff. I think, no, 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 you've been played with, like, off you go. (laughs) And I could say to them, go and play. Mummy's played with you already, go and play. And then it would be the same sort of in the afternoon. And then obviously we switched the telly on at that point. And then in the afternoon, it'd be the same thing. I'd try and early on engage them in an activity. We'd do something together. And then I could crack on with other things I need to do in a work line. And give us an example of the sort of games that you would set up. So you say you're setting up a game. Talk us through what that looks like. Um, So one of the faves, which um, loads my followers play all the time, I get tagged in, is Toddler Pong. So it's just beer pong for toddlers. So we've all had a game of beer pong on a hen do or, you know, um, and that was where it came from. I went on my hen do and we were playing Prosecco Pong. And I had a ping pong ball fell out of my handbag while I was trying to sort my bag out from coming home and I picked it up and I was like well there's no reason the kids couldn't have a go at this we just you know take out the Prosecco (laughs) and so I just grabbed six plastic cups that the kids use out of the cupboard set them up on the floor like you say cut out some letters or numbers whatever it was they were learning I think you and at the time was even on words tricky words at school pop them in and I was like right let's see if we can get this ball in a cup and he was bouncing it around the kitchen for ages and when it went in he I'd say what have you got what have you got and he'd take it out and have a go at reading it so there's your education, boom. He's bouncing the ball around. I'd do it with him for one go. So we'd play a game against each other, trying to get the ball in the cup. And then I could empty the dishwasher and he would carry on bouncing it around playing yeah. or say, set up his own thing. So it's kind of games like that. that it's just Toddler pong. What a great Toddler pong. Do you know what I think? I think it's really difficult um, as parents, especially this year where we are trying to work from home where, you know, there's a lot of pressure on women, especially like to do housework and all of those sorts of things that the thought of playing with your children can feel quite overwhelming. Like I know I don't particularly enjoy it. And I think it's quite difficult to say that. Like I really don't like going to the park. No, well done for being I just tick it off and I think, oh, well, at least I've been. I don't particularly like sitting on the floor and playing with like little characters. Like I just sit there thinking about, all of the other things that I need to be doing and this is not what I want to be doing. You like role play though. You like being a cat, don't you, George? <laughs> oh, I love being a cat. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
<laughs> that's my main role. It's your favourite. Um, yeah, it's my fave. But I do, I just think it's, it is really difficult. And, and I think not, that's it. Everyone feels like they have to do it for quite a long time, yeah. I think. Mm. And that's what I think a lot of parents struggle with. And I've done it as well. Like, you know, we're going to play with the Barbies or whatever now. And it's like, oh, God, I can just feel my soul leaving my body of this, like, saying the same thing, <laughs> acting it out. But my daughter's loving it. And and that's fine. And obviously, we all do that as parents because we love our kids. But you also want to play games where you get something out. And if there's yeah. like a competitive element or you feel like you're doing something sneakily educational, you know that you're it makes you feel better. So it's kind of that that motivation. But that, yeah, I completely agree, Georgia. Like I think I find it boring. Like I, you know, I loved playing with dolls as a kid, but now I can't think of anything like wrong. Well, you know, there's always a scary doll just lurking around the corner <laughs> when, like, either in some sort of weird bath outside or, like, you know, underneath a stool. You know, they're just everywhere. Florence has got a talking one now, so sometimes you just be in the house and you're just yeah. like, Mama, Mama. Oh yeah, Chucky, Chucky's in the house. I find that at night when I'm walking, I've put the kids to bed and I'm walking around the house and I just suddenly hear like, and you're like, whoa, what was that? And then you walk into another room and there's. You think, oh my god! Like, what is going on? It's all the toys making like all yeah. of the noises. <laughs> the toys um, are really alive, guys. That's the issue here. Yeah, yeah. I've noticed with with um with Kit, my son, who's just about to turn three, he is really into repetition. So I've noticed recently. So, like you were saying about the fact that you know playing with your kids for hours on end who's got the time for it, who wants to do it. But if you set something up, like you said, I've noticed that he'll just keep doing it over and over and over again. And he gets a lot of enjoyment out of doing it, completing it, starting again, doing it, completing it, starting again. So it's quite interesting that you say that because I think like Georgia pointed out, there is a lot of pressure on us to kind of just be the entertainers, be the clowns all day long, just constantly providing them with stuff. But it obviously works, setting them up with something that they can do themselves and then leaving them to it. They've got to learn to play independently, don't they? Yeah. And, that, and that's the thing. It's, and that's what I brought to this activity. I felt like as a teaching assistant, I'd worked in nursery classes and in school. And I kind of felt like the teachers were keeping this sort of secret to play, which they weren't sharing, not because they were purposely keeping it. But I was like, there's a secret here to what the teachers and nursery staff do and that works. And what it is, is they have a setup where they'll introduce the activity it's called an input time and they'll do 10 minutes where they'll show the children how to do it because you're introducing a new game you know if you do something like toddle pong the kids never if you just left the ball out and a cup they wouldn't necessarily know to bounce it in they don't they don't have that kind of experience so you spend 10 minutes doing the input in a class where you show them the game and you'll demonstrate with some of some of the children and you'll do it with them and you'll talk and, oh I won and you'll do all the big CBBS presenter types oh isn't this great and then Teachers then don't spend one to one doing every set with the children. They send them off to to let them choose to do it if they want to do it, if they don't, and let them join in. And that's kind of what the approach that I brought to um, all of my games in my books. And I have something called the goals and rule where I set the game up and the children decide if they want to play. And then you do the five minute input where you show and play with them. And then you let them choose whether they want to do it. And it just takes all that pressure off and, I kind of felt like I was sharing like a trade secret a little bit yeah. <laughs> yeah. when I was saying it. But I was like, this is what experienced early years professionals who are so fantastic at and why they can manage that whole group of 30, which we often as parents think, how are you doing that? I can't manage my one at home. Like how are you managing yeah. 30 of them? Mm. But it's because they use this technique and it, and it works really nicely. 
I think it's really interesting how you were talking about how kids learn in different ways because this time last year I just found out the primary school Axel was going to and like Zoe you like last week you'd have found out where Luna was going and I I think when you when it's confirmed where they're going to school you suddenly feel this like they're going to school and they need to be able to do this and they need to be able to do that and I was worried like my son's young he's an August you know an August baby he's I think he's the youngest in the school and so I wanted to be able to prepare him for school so like he could recognize his name and um like get dressed and all that kind of stuff but he definitely wasn't at the stage where I could sit with him and practice letters like he, he just wasn't there. He just yeah. wasn't interested. To be honest, he doesn't even really like writing now, like particularly. But I think it's really interesting how you were saying that kids do learn in different ways. And it isn't just about sitting down with them and being, well, right, okay, we're going to learn the alphabet and we're going to learn phonics. And it's about preparing them in like in different new ways. ways. Yeah. yeah. And like finding, mm. you know, like making it fun. Um, So what, like how, you know, any parent listening to this whose child is starting school in reception, what advice would you give them? Well, there's a nice list of things that you can do. Some of which you just mentioned, George, I was saying, you know, kind of um, helping them get dressed, you know, teaching them how to zip up their own coat and stuff like that. And talking them to them about it talking to them about you know what sort of things that they're going to look forward to about school and and just getting them ready in like a really general way and like you say it's really helpful if they can recognize their name or at least the first letter of their name but knowing the alphabet knowing how to count to 10 isn't necessary because teachers that's what they're there for that's what they're prepared to do now obviously why is what I do is play games with those numbers and letters to kind of introduce them in a really pressure off fun way and try and flip it so that the priority is never to learn the letters and numbers that's never the priority of the game it's always just to have a laugh with them and to spend five minutes playing Um, and so I think that's sort of is my biggest tip is to is to tune into your child on what they like best so for you and at that age and I was the same as like oh my god he's starting school what do I do and the first thing I do was just kind of really tune into what what does Ewan really enjoy at the moment? And what it was for him was like vehicles who so dead into like trains and diggers and tractors. So all of the things that we did were around trains and diggers. And I was bringing letters and numbers and his name, mostly just it would be W-A-N, letters into that play. So, you know, we dig bury them in the sand and the, the digger would have to dig them out. And we you know we'd, we'd bring, um, put them on the back of the train and the train would have to take them to the right station, always go into the station with the, with the S on it, you know. And it was just about finding for what was fun for him and then integrating that little bit of learning into it. And again, we, I've done some games in my first book about um, like a coat race. So it's trying to teach them how to zip up their coat. And it's a, you know, it's a race. You turn it into something funny or silly. And there are some other games in the first book. I've got out of my head now. But, um, yeah, like all about teach them how to dress. And then just um, getting them to be really confident about asking for help because that's what they need to do when they first start is just put their, put their hand up or ask an adult if, if they need anything at all, whatever it is, nose wiped, you know, bottom wiped, <laughs> go to the toilet, can I have a drink, can I – and all of those things, just reminding them that – they can ask, they can always ask, and people will help them. We'll be right back after the short break. Hold up. 
This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. So welcome back, uh, back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Where were we? Because um, this is me. This is me. This is happening in September for me. And I suddenly feel quite nervous since you were just talking about it in the last like two and a half minutes. But I think for me, because there's going to be some parents that are listening that genuinely are, you know, super busy doing other things and they've got their work and they're trying to just basically trying to survive. And that seems quite overwhelming. And I think someone said something to me the other day about Luna and they said, you know, she's so social and she's really kind. And so, you know, she's, she's, okay, she, she could write her name and she could do a few other bits and pieces. I'm so proud of her. That's brilliant. But that's what the teachers are there for. And actually what I want her to go in is feeling confident and feeling excited and not putting so much pressure on her to be like, oh, well, you need to know how to write sentences and you need to know phonics and all this. I haven't done any of that with her. She's picking that up at preschool, which is brilliant. But I'm also just wanting her to be excited about starting somewhere. And like you said, being able to say, can I have some help? And, you know, I, I think as parents, we just, we just, want them to be able to do all of those things before they go to school but that that is what that's what they do that's what they do when they get there isn't it I mean like, and it's called reception in England yeah. isn't it? And, and I think that's a really good word for it because it that's all it is that first year they're still in the early years curriculum so it's all about learning through play and the teachers are highly skilled at doing making it a really enjoyable welcoming environment for children so that first year is just literally let's get them used to this, you know, let's get them used to what an assembly is and how it is to line up. And when you go to your lunch and how you put your coat on and at certain times of day and getting used to going to the toilet and washing your hands and all of those little things that they have to fall into line with in school. The, that's what the, that's what they're doing in that first year. And it's just kind of, they've got a long time to be educated ahead of them. And it, as parents, our only job I feel is to be their cheerleaders and to be the, you know, the person saying, you know, you can do it. And, giving them loads of support and one-to-one and -one time, whatever it is, if it's playing a five-minute game, if it's sitting watching their TV favourite TV show and talking about it with them, reading a book, whatever it is, just having that, grabbing those few minutes. And like you say, everyone is so busy at the moment and it's so difficult juggling, you know, especially in the pandemic as it is. But anyway, it just is busy. And so it's just grabbing those few minutes to make sure that they feel like 
how do you feel about this how you know how can we talk about it and that kind of thing I'm more worried about her emotional side that that I am to her sort of learning side I I said to her this morning she said oh Isla's being mean to me she laughed at me because I um, spilt some toothpaste down my top and I said I sort of got hold of her I said people are going to laugh at you people are going to be mean to you people are going to do and she was like people are going to be mean to me and I was like well no but in life people are going to laugh like you've got to learn to laugh back like she's so uber sensitive and emotional about everything so for me I I kind of want to make her a little bit more robust I think the learning side of it she'll really love but I want her to be able to be like okay well someone's laughing at me just laugh back I just said laugh back at her like laugh back put some toothpaste on her face you know yeah I don't know what was Axel the same was he were you worried about his emotional stuff Uh, yeah so weirdly I wasn't worried about that like that wasn't my worry when he was starting school he's confident and he's you know he he what where before he started I wasn't worried about it but now I'm more worried about it having had what since September at school all of these things come up so much more than they ever did before I think it, it is I think he you know he's around different children that he's not you know he's not been with before maybe some kids are a bit more rough and tumble than he's used to um there are it's crazy I think Looking back now, I was so set on, you know, I really, he's so young and I really want him to be able to, you know, get dressed and I want him to be able to wipe his bum and I want him to be able to do all these things before he starts school. But actually, fundamentally, I think the most important thing is how he reacts to other children. And like you say, Zoe, it is like teaching them that you're not going to like everybody. Like, you're not going to like it. And not everyone's going to like what you like either. That was the other thing. It's like, I want to play in the sandpit, but, you know, Dev doesn't want to play in the sandpit, so he can't be my best friend anymore. (laughs) You're like, no, mate, (laughs) no. And they are just all playing, but they kind of start learning. They don't all like doing the same thing. But as first-time, as parents mm, to kids that are going to school for the first time, we don't know what to expect. And I I guess, Daisy, you, you know, you've been in that environment. You can impart all of that knowledge through your books. And, and kind of give give people that are reading it a real insight into what you know what's going to be really beneficial for them what's going to set them up really well before they get into school and then obviously you know when they're there so it's like it's great yeah we need you on speed dial Daisy <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I'm hoping that's what my second book is kind of like in that it's that bridge between um and because I've been on both sides now so I've been the teacher welcoming a children on their first ever day in reception and I've been the parent who's sending their their kid off and Mm. trust me even as somebody who's been on that other side I still felt all the same nerves and confusion and (laughs) and that everybody feels when they send their first child off to school and so I wanted to really wanted to write this second book time for school to kind of say uh it was all the questions that all my friends asked me in that first few years about like what are they learning about what does this mean why am I getting this sent home oh my god why has this book got no words in it I thought we're supposed to be learning to read and it's all those things that happen in that first few years of school um that seems a bit baffling to parents and I think sometimes teachers forget that this is just they do it every year so sometimes the communication gets lost or you know they send out a letter and it gets missing from the book bags and stuff so I'm really hoping this book does bridge that gap and then the first chapter is all about those kind of security questions those things that you want to feel confident about you know you know what about it um I think my child might be dyslexic because they're doing their B's and D's backwards. You know, I talk about that and I talk about things like, yeah. And I talk about things like, how can I ask my children questions? So I find out what they've done at school today, you know, how to do that so that you can actually hear some information you want to hear and not just, yeah, 
No. So <laughs> yeah, how do you do that? Remember. Because I do always yeah. do, I'm always like, I can't remember where I read it. Someone said, oh, what was the funniest thing that happened at school today? So I try and do that. Like, what's the funniest thing? And Axel's like, I don't know. Or he'll just say something like, oh, such and such, show me their pants. I'm like, oh, it's <laughs> really not what I was looking for. Or, oh, what, the know, good old days oh. when such and such were showing you their pants, eh? Let's get yeah. back to those days, eh? <laughs> I was just going to say about the dyslexia, because that's really interesting, because I was dyslexic. Well, I still am dyslexic. Um, but I was diagnosed quite late. I think I was probably about 12 and it was quite late then. I'd, I'd, I was falling way behind and I was failing most things and really was confused. And I was only good at drama and sports. So at what age can you sort of start identifying if there's if there's a problem and what should you sort of be looking out for? So the thing that um, I talk about is how uh, I think some parents can worry about it in the first few years, because when children are first learning to form letters and read, um, there can there's quite a big scope for what's considered like within the neurotypical bracket and wouldn't be worried for dyslexia and and that is things like reversing letters mirror writing so writing completely backwards children are amazing at it they can literally do the whole thing flipped and they'll do things like upside down and they'll sometimes read things and guess things and I think sometimes parents worry that that might be a sign of something that where they need additional support and so I kind of talk about how say that until they are seven, all of those developmental stages are, cons- are considered quite typical. And f- for the vast majority of children, a teacher won't be concerned at all. They'll be saying they're just going through these phases. And then there obviously will be some children who probably do have dyslexia or perhaps some other co-occurring difficulties or disabilities that will start to become apparent in those years. And that's when and I talk about how the teacher will flag it to you. They will tell you as soon as they spot it or anything that they think they want to just get watched over or supported on, they will tell you straight away. So I'm sort of reassuring parents to not worry unless you hear something from the teacher. And then to say um, around seven, if you are worried and they're still doing the things like reversing letters or struggling, really struggling to read, really struggling to write Um, I talk about some tips of things they can do some organizations that they can contact and then that's probably about seven when the teachers will step in and they'll refer you to they'll talk to you about the school SENCO so every school has a special educational needs coordinator and they'll step in and give you some support and loads of guidance and talk to you about okay perhaps they need to be assessed for dyslexia around seven or eight that's when they're in a stage where they've gone through all of the reading and writing development stages and now's the time to perhaps think about is there some additional support required? So interesting. Um, yeah, it? it's good to know, actually, especially about the, the reverse letters, because I notice Axel does that a lot. Like he'd do the B and the D round the wrong way or whatever. And it's a li- sometimes it can feel quite frustrating. Like, but what? You, you've, you've written it all perfect all the way through. And then you just, you know, you've just done it on there. And it, yeah. He's I mean, five, it, it, George. <laughs> <laughs> it's no, not Einstein you, no but you do like it, it it's not frustrating for you it's more frustrating for them, for them. because they yeah. you know they're like oh I've done it and you yeah, feel I've like, done do, it backwards do I tell them do I yeah, tell them yeah, they've yeah. done such a good job on something and you're exactly exactly yeah. and it's uh yeah but it's no it's good that it's all normal Luna yeah. does this thing where she takes a little book to bed and she just um it's the cutest thing I've ever seen she basically just writes um waves on her line so yeah 
like, but pages and pages and pages of it. And I say, what are you doing? And she says, oh, I'm just writing my story. But it's literally just her going like this. And then she goes, do you want to come and have a look at my story? And then we flick through the pages. And she says, I love this part about the princess. And it doesn't, it's nothing. It's not, it's, it's the most beautiful, every night she does it. But oh, apparently that's so good because nice. that's like, it's encouraging them to kind of put pen to paper and shoulder pen, you know, it's lovely to see. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's called pre-writing. So there's pre-writing, pre-writing. shapes and skills that, that they're, you know, and if, if you're, that's, is that doing is it. amazing. It's such yeah. a great skill to start with, definitely. And is this a thing? Like, do they need to build up the strength in their hand? Because yeah. I always, yeah, I'm okay, fine. Because that's like, that's what I was thinking. Like, that's really good that Loon did that. Axel was not interested, like, in drawing, <laughs> in anything like that. Right. And Same I do, as you in. Yeah, <laughs> you and in, I, right? yeah, yeah. No interest at all. No, no. But then Gigi, she's only 18 months. She's happy to sit and paint and she's happy to sit and draw. And all those, I mean, she's not drawing properly, but you know, like she's she's interested in Sketching. doing that. Oh yeah, she's, <laughs> she, she's you know, this piece of art in my bedroom Portrait. was actually drawn by Gigi, 18 months. Um, no, but she, you know, she likes doing that kind mm. of thing. I think it can be- Is it a boy-girl thing? Yeah, I don't know. But it's just worrying sometimes for parents who- want their children to be able to do all these things but they're just not interested and you can't force them can you you literally you can't I think yeah I mean you can you sort of I think and if you'd want to really generalize you could say it's a boy girl thing boys are seem to be more reluctant to write and the the sort of results in children's assessments and stuff sort of suggest that is the case and a lot of teachers focus quite a lot of time on doing um topics and things that are really exciting that some of the boys in their class might find exciting to encourage them to want to write. But I mean, obviously that's just complete generalization and you'll get yes. plenty of boys who really love yeah. Yeah, writing and are really great at the letters early. But yeah, my son fitted the exact, that's exactly the same as what you're saying there, Georgia, because you I mean, part of the reason I was so, um, I've got so many writing games in my next book is because the whole of the first lockdown was basically a battle between you and me, you know, who was going to crack first. Was mummy's game going to be fun enough to get him to do some writing today or was he going to still completely refuse That's brilliant. whatsoever to do anything? And it was only when I got to some really good games that really captured his imagination that I got him writing because I didn't want to put any pressure on him. He mm. was only in year one, you know, we were just sort of, we weren't given anything specific to do. So I didn't want to make it like I used to yeah. down here and write every day. But at the same time, I was kind of like, I don't want you to spend months and months not writing, picking up a pen, which is what yeah. you would do if you had his way. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of the games in the second book, I mean, there were a few in the first book, which was encouraging him as well to pick up a pen. But the second book is, yeah, all of those writing games, a few in Florence will sit there, like you say, and she'll squiggle away. She's like carving out letters at three, quite happily. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> and did you say you're writing another one? Have you? you- yes, I'm starting oh the next gosh. one. Uh, like now, really. So now, what this? this what's going to be? What's in, it gonna, what's yeah, gonna, what's yeah. going to be about? So the next one is uh, not educational-based games, but it's like um, games for everything else. So um, I haven't decided on the title yet. It was originally called On the Go because I was going to do games for like in the car, on a train, on a plane, when you're waiting in a doctor's reception room, when you're on a restaurant. And it was going to be all games when you were out and about and like what, when you're in a restaurant. That's got. an iPad, isn't it? <laughs> well yeah <laughs> and how do you want to do something else for five minutes so you can guilt-free hand them the ipad yeah with a pen with a pen and a you know a paper clip that's all you've got in your bag type thing yeah uh so it's just going to be like little and it's going to be a little book so you could chuck it in your handbag and it will be like we can do a little game while we're bored here for a minute Brilliant. so originally it was just going to be those and then i kind of started thinking of some others and i came up with games for like family get-togethers and parties and 
um when you've got a group of kids in your house and play dates I get off that quite a lot what can we what can I do so I don't just kind of ignore them for the whole let time. them get on with it yeah and it's just and so I started gathering a few more so the next book is literally going to be everything um thrown into one and it's it's no there's no letters and numbers it's purely just how can I entertain them for five minutes to keep them okay. busy so that I can go and have a glass of wine or yes <laughs> there we go or I can, there we go know, put my bum on the sofa for two minutes and it's just going to be loads of really fun and I want um followers and people to get involved as well and send me like their family games because you know every family has those funny yes. games that you play yeah and sometimes you'll hear someone else's and you'll be like oh that's a good one so I kind of want to gather a few of those together and make it a bit more like a bit of a community kind of book where everyone's sharing fun things to do with your kids we've got a family game um but it's uno but you know on the oh, on the wild uno. cards are you joking we've got oh. on the wild cards we've got like dares to do so ours are like are you really? pull, your, pull your pants down and run around oh, the that's garden good. Perfect. That's had to do it at the weekend it's one of the funniest things i've ever seen we've got house <laughs> we've got a house on that side looking in the garden it's like half naked man the other one is it's a lot of pull your pants down stuff my kid my kids make it up i mean they love it they just love it <laughs> I've done it too. I want anything. Yeah. To, will there be any games? No, probably not. Pull your pants down games. Yeah. I'm going to do a page of a hungover parent, you know, yes. or games. Yeah, can we have games where good. I can lie down on the sofa with my face like this in a bag oh. of crisps? You know, I'm going to, it's going to be games for like everything, you know, hopefully Brilliant. that I'm going to find a way to make it work. I don't know how yet. Um, <laughs> Daisy, before we say goodbye to you, um, five products that every single parent has to have in their house to make their life easier. Yeah, so I was going to say, see, I was going to say coverless duvets then because that's like one of my favourite all-time things. <laughs> so I don't have covers on my kids' duvets and I just what? wash them what? and dry. What? Yeah, no, seriously. So I've what? Got, uh, the, from Little Owl. So Florence has got, she chose a pink one. I'm writing one, this on my a, phone now. He chose a blue one. So they're like beautiful, soft duvets and it's just a duvet. You don't need to cover on them. They're super soft. Do you what, have to what, change their beds? So what? you just wash the duvet on its own. It goes in the washing machine, the whole duvet. And you take it out and put, and it dries in about an hour. It's so fast. And then you just put it back on the bed. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. my God. This has blown my <laughs> tiny mind. <laughs> I love one of my favorite things ever because I don't have to. And the kids just have a pillowcase and that's it. Wow. That's great. So they're handy, especially because Florence at the moment is trying to get dry at night. So that's, yeah. That's <laughs> Every few really days good. Yeah. <laughs> So that's a good product. Um, in terms of, yeah, see my games, it's like, you know, you need things like masking tape. I always have masking tape in my house um, because I can do hundreds of games with masking tape. You can, you know, you can strip out the noughts and crosses where you're standing and jumping and throwing instantly with a bit of masking Amazing. tape. We can do long jump in a lounge where they jump and then we measure and write it on the tape how far they jumped. You know, it's just millions of games you can do with a bit of masking tape. Masking um, tape, okay, excellent. That's definitely up there. Yes. With, um, and then I always just love having uh, like a box of balls. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, we know. We all love a bag of balls. And um, of all different sizes, bouncy right. ones, big ones, small ones. <laughs> Some as be, big as you your age. Be yeah. di- diverse. <laughs> Include them all. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that that can do so many of my games of different types of balls. Okay. I talk about how if you don't have one, you can use ball up socks and tin foil and stuff like that. So that's um, and then uh, what's the other thing I use? Loads of um, plates and cups in my games, like kids' yeah. plates and cups. So whatever you prefer, but like something. What are your favorite brands of like 
plates and cups for kids in the past i've just bought the ones from boots because they're all different colors yeah or ikea or ikea are really uh, good. yeah ikea ones are good aren't they yeah so i like those because they're all a different color so you can play color games with them or you can do hunting games with them or we do like shove shove plate penny games where we shove the plates along the floor and try and get them in the masking tape boxes or lines I need you so in my life. This is great. <laughs> that's that's like so good. One of my favourite things um, is to have some sort of colours of plates or boxes. I mean, to be honest, the coverless duvets. Yeah, it's changed our lives. That has changed our lives now. Get yourself a, a children's coverless duvet, honestly. And get yourself that. Daisy's books. It's out now. Absolutely. <laughs> They're yeah. both out now. Yay. Everywhere. <laughs> on everywhere. Okay, brilliant. Daisy, thank you so thank much. You Keep so doing what you're much. doing. What a superstar. Yeah. Lovely Thank to chat to you. Thank you very much for having me. See you later. Bye. 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 See, I knew that my days at college when I was playing beer pong would come in handy because now, toddler pong for the wing. How amazing. I know. Yeah, do you know what? When we have these chats with people who are really good at making up games and playing with their kids, I go away and I think, wow, that sounds so easy. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But I actually haven't yet. But what I have done is I have got Daisy's book. Yes. <laughs> and I have had a little look through and there are definitely some ideas like drawing with chalk on the floor and then rubbing it out with a sock. Quite like that one. That's only oh, yeah. you know, Outside, two things though, I've right? got to get out of the car. No, on the wooden floor. Chalk, yeah. I'm not going to draw with chalk <laughs> on my wooden floor, George. I might because mine's getting sanded soon so it doesn't really matter for me um so yeah I mean I've definitely got some more ideas now how about you yeah I mean anything to keep me away from you know when uh, the 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 phrase that I absolutely dread in my household from my children is mommy come and find me and I'm like (laughs) I know where you're fucking hiding you've been hiding there for the last two years and you always have your foot out of the fucking curtain it's like oh I don't know where Kit's gone I don't know where Luna are they I mean, they love it, but I'm like, Joe. how long can I keep this facade up of not knowing oh. where my children are? So to be honest with you, I'm going to get Daisy's books. I reckon it's going to be an absolute win. And I just think, yeah, I'm going to try and be more creative. Yeah. And also anyone whose children um, are starting school in September, the starting school book yes. sounds brilliant. Um, and all of those things that we talked about during the interview, like the fears that we have, you know, it seems like such a big deal when your kids go into reception. Yeah. Um, and actually, if they've been at preschool, it's quite, you know, it's quite an easy transition. But there are just a couple of things that um, are useful, definitely more useful than learning their alphabet. Yeah. Um, and obviously, Luna's do. starting in September. So yeah. I'm going to definitely kind of document how she gets on in the lead up and obviously, you know, starting and going through all of that. I'm, I am obviously feeling quite nervous and actually interestingly every time we post something on Instagram about it whether we do a story um, you know about the school starters everybody is really really interactive about it and kind of um, everyone feels the same so yeah it's a weird pressure Um, so yeah we will keep the content coming on that because I can share you know how how it's been this year and things that were useful things that we really didn't need to do all that kind of stuff so definitely look out for that yes and as always we would love you to rate review and subscribe and follow the podcast and please if you know uh, that there is somebody in your life who isn't involved in these conversations that's not into podcasts doesn't know how to listen to them (laughs) go on give them a little tutorial because we want to keep spreading the made by mama's word yeah absolutely send them on 
our way. Um, and if you do have any suggestions for Q&A topics that you'd like us to answer or guests you'd like to see, then please do just drop us a DM. We're on at Made by Mummers on Instagram or you can get Zoe on her own channel at Zoe Hardman. And we'll be back on Friday. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.